Hey guys, and welcome to episode one of the podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine. And today we're sitting down to record episode one of the... Oh, shit, did I say that? I actually don't know if I said that already. But anyway, we're sitting down to record episode one of the podcast. I'm finally sitting down. I've got a Word doc that has all my notes on today's episode. And I'm just really excited to sit down and re-record this. I have had a few technical issues with the microphone and sitting too close and the audio being a bit weird. I've also had issues um, with just completely waffling on for absolutely no reason reason literally the last attempt i had at recording this podcast i just spoke for ages there was no logical sequence to my words so i'm hoping that sitting down today with a set of notes and an actual goal in mind for today's podcast keeps us a little bit more on track than my previous attempts before we get into this week's episode I want to shout out um, my listener of the week. So this is a new concept that I want to start in my podcast because it's a small podcast and I just, I really want to get to know everyone that's listening and actually thinks that what I say is worth listening to. But nonetheless, this week's listener of the week is Hugh. That's right. Um, Kurt, my boyfriend, his mate Hugh somehow found my podcast page and listened to episode zero. I have some pretty good feedback on the podcast so far. So yeah, all I want to say is thanks Hugh. You're the listener of the week. Well done. You don't get a prize for it. But if you're listening to episode one, it's a bit satisfying to know that you are listener of the week. I want to keep this introduction fairly short. So I guess without further ado, further ado, further ado, further ado. I think it's further ado. Without further ado, let's just jump into today's podcast episode. Um, So the title of today's podcast, I've titled Why You Can't Do It All and Why You Shouldn't Die Trying. It's an idea that I've had on my mind a lot recently. Whilst I've been trying to balance uni and both of my jobs, I sometimes feel like I am working really hard all the time while also simultaneously feeling like I'm not really getting anywhere with it all which I am sure that we've all felt this at one time or another in our lives. It's this deep, inexplicable feeling of never being able to do enough with your day. So in today's episode, I want to explore this idea of why we try and overload ourselves with work all of the time. I really want to delve into the idea of opportunity cost and why your time is valuable, the negative stigmas associated with hustle culture, and then I guess share a few tips I have to try and deal with all these feelings of insecurity and the innate need to try and do it all. So, like I've said before, this has been a topic that's been playing on my mind quite a bit recently. So the other day, I literally went on to Google, I think it was just before I was about to go to bed the other night, typed into Google, why you can't do it all and a blog post came up by a guy called mark manson who in his blog post um found a facebook post that was about this guy called muhammad el arain okay so for those of you who don't know muhammad was the ceo of a mega two trillion dollar bond fund called pimco if you've ever heard of it he earned upwards of a hundred million dollars a year However, in September of 2014, he decided that he was going to resign from his position to become a full-time dad. So as you can imagine, this sparked a lot of controversy because it was completely against this idea that a lot of us are chasing to make a billion dollars or die in the process of trying. It's not a new concept and we can see how society favors this kind of hustle cultured behavior with the oversaturation of the promotion of these big and successful business types of people like Gary Vee or Tony 
Robbins, who are globally known for their hard work and efforts in entrepreneurship. Admittedly, I am someone who is guilty of the fact that I used to consume their content. And when I say consume, I mean like mass consume, all in hopes that someday and somehow listening to these business and entrepreneurship podcasts would make me successful. So if you can imagine a 15-year-old girl out walking her dog every day with her little Apple headphones in, just walking around town listening to podcasts and materials about how to invest your money or how to be a good CEO. Like at the age of 15, I was so sold on this idea of success from these podcasts, but there was only one thing missing from my secret formula to success. I wasn't willing when I had finished school for the day to start working on a small business or to learn how to start investing what little money I had in stocks or shares or bonds in my free time. Why you may ask? Because I was already working my casual job at Subway 20 hours a week. If I actually think about it, I used to literally work like four or five days a week. And then on top of all of that, I did instrumental music at school as well. So that literally took up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoons. Um, And then I played volleyball here and there on top of all of that. So as you can imagine, I was a very busy kid and I didn't have the time, nor did I want to commit the time to starting a small business. Now I want to introduce this idea of opportunity cost, which if you're like me and you took first year economics at uni, you should be able to pretend to know what I'm about to talk about. It's basically this concept that there is no such thing as a free lunch. You might be thinking, all right, but what if it was, let's say, Uncle Rob's birthday and mum was the biggest legend and shouted the whole table of palmy and a couple of pints of the cheapest IPA on tap? I didn't pay a single dollar for the meal. All I had to do was show up. Well, you're right. Even though the meal didn't take a single dollar out of your pocket, you still showed up and spent the full two hours at the pub catching up with everyone and eating your quote-unquote free meal. We can think of opportunity costs as this idea that means that essentially everything you do, no matter what it is, will cost you something indirectly. So despite getting the value of the pub special of the week and a few drinks, you're still giving up time which you could have spent doing other things like that massive uni assignment that you keep saying you'll get around to starting or like me at age 15, starting your own small business. You are also sacrificing an extra two hours of work or sleep or time that you could have otherwise invested into something that you really cared about. So in that sense, everything has a cost. I'm going to go a little bit off topic now and talk about hustle culture. So in our normal society, I think we've normalized this idea of celebrating the rich for doing exceptional things that most of us just simply don't have the time to do in our everyday lives. But with our newfounded understanding of economics and opportunity cost, I think we can all agree that these exceptional things often require extremely high opportunity costs. Let's take Bill Gates, for example, our worshipped success king who co-founded Microsoft, who was glamorously known to have slept in his office five days a week. Steve Jobs. Let's think about him. He was the man we have to thank for the iPhone, the iPad, and the Apple revolution but he was a deadbeat dad to his first daughter. So while she grew up with an impoverished single mother who was Jobs' high school girlfriend, and yet we praise these people for their wilding success. It really makes you wonder to yourself, is it actually worth doing anything great if it requires some form of inherent sacrifice? It may not be blindly obvious at the start, like missing the first few of your daughter's birthdays because she's too young to remember, but it will eventually turn into a nasty habit because why would you celebrate her 12th birthday 
if you weren't there for the past 11. So like I said, we can think of this idea as hustle culture, which I googled a little definition and I didn't actually get like the source of where it was from. It was literally from a random blog, but they define hustle culture as the societal standard that you can only succeed by exerting yourself at max capacity professionally every day. Hustle culture does not sleep. Hustle culture does not take lunch breaks. Hustle culture does not take into account what your goals in life really are. Ultimately, hustle culture makes you unhappy. Now that is a lot to think about. I think it's so easy in this day and age to get caught up, especially with social media and with the people we surround ourselves. Especially if you're at university like myself, seeing everyone achieve all these amazing things and comparing yourself, it makes you sometimes think you have to act exactly like other people in order to be successful. But I think the reality of the situation is you don't always have to be doing the most to be the most successful. And I think that's a really important token that we can take out of this is you don't need to oversell yourself to a job or an industry or a lifestyle that just doesn't serve you. I think another really important point that kind of goes hand in hand with hustle culture is this idea of FOMO, which for those of you that don't know, it's an acronym that stands for the fear of missing out. I actually got a definition for this one from the Oxford Dictionary, uh, which is defined this word as being anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere, often aroused by posts seen on social media. So it's a very real phenomenon that is more commonly causing more stresses in our everyday lives. More simply, I guess we can think of FOMO as this idea that refers to the feeling or perception that others are out there having more fun, living better lives or experiencing life in a better capacity than you. But most importantly, it is this feeling that you are missing out on something that we perceive as being something more fundamentally important that others are experiencing right now. At its core, it involves a deep sense of envy and can really affect our self-esteem. Obviously, it's not a new concept. However, I'd like to think that social media has only really accelerated the FOMO phenomenon because when you're scrolling through Instagram, you're instantly put in a situation in which you are unconsciously comparing your average life with someone else's highlight reel. And that is very important to remember is that Instagram is a highlight reel. It's not reality. Let's not lie to ourselves. And I'm going to be completely honest right now. We've all done this before when you've had a busy week at work and you're now relaxing on the couch on a Friday evening, scrolling happily through your socials until you see that Sarah is out exploring Brisbane tonight. She is partying with her friends, having her socially distanced drink because that is COVID safe at Go. Whilst you are sat on the couch eating a Domino's in your pajamas that you have not washed all week and hair that reeks from going to the gym that morning. But obviously you're not going to wash your hair until Sunday night because no one's going to see you over the weekend. So what's the point? And then you start wishing that you were Sarah out having fun and being young and doing all the fun things that you're clearly not doing in the moment. But I, th- I think the reason people struggle so much with FOMO on social media is literally because I guess they have this deep sense of insecurity that's only made worse when we compare our current state, the true behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel, because it seems like everyone else is living their best lives. But 
I think it's really important to remember that that's not necessarily true. You have to remember that we're only seeing a procured collection of photos that make Sarah's bum look amazing and inspirational quotes that when paired with a photo of Sarah lying on the beach makes you want to punch her in the literal fucking face because it should be you chilling on the beach and sipping that pina colada because you've already worked your 20 hours overtime and Sarah hasn't. I guess the point I'm trying to make is the reason why sometimes we do these oftentimes random things that we think are going to improve our lifestyles, but really are a bit of an inconvenience to us is because we don't find satisfaction in our own lives. So we look up to celebrities and these people on social media that have these amazing Vogue morning routines and we copy them because it gives us this sense of feeling like we are more like them. I guess sometimes we can all get caught up in the bright lights and want what others have only because we can see how happy they are. So we think that if it works for Sarah, it'll work for me, which is why I think sometimes we overcrowd or overcommit to stuff because we're trying to keep up appearances and be someone that we simply are not. Okay, you need to be yourself, which it's the cringiest and cheesiest thing to say, but I think it's a really important reminder is like, don't be afraid to be yourself and don't be afraid to just do what makes you happy regardless of what other people say. Like regardless of other people's opinions, just do what makes you happy is really the big point I'm trying to get across right now. I think now that we've had a bit of a deep dive into why we can't slash we shouldn't do it all, I'm going to kind of try and set up this map for how we can figure out what's important in our lives and how to prioritize those things that bring us value, joy, and love. Unlike that first like segment that we've just done, this next part is going to be a little more rough. It's basically me just coming up with stuff off the top of my head. So bear with me on this. I think the first point that's really important is to be honest with yourself and admit that you can't do it all. I think a lot of people get really excited about being successful and focusing too heavily on too many things to get them this short-term return. I think you really need to remember that you're only a single person with a limited capacity to do stuff within your limited 24 hours in your day. So as opposed to prioritizing 47 different things and only being able to allocate 30 minutes in your week to it. If you prioritize one or two projects that you give your all to, the more time you invest in something basically means you're getting more practice out of it, which means theoretically you should become better at it, which is why elite athletes and sportsmen and women dedicate so much time to their sports and tradespeople commit to their crafts because the more time you invest in something, the better you become at it. So that's why I think it's important to prioritize what's important. I guess bridging back to this idea that I introduced earlier in the episode at the beginning um, was this idea that I always feel like I'm working so hard to achieve my goals, but a lot of the time I feel really unaccomplished, which isn't necessarily great for my mental health and self-esteem. This is why I literally think that if you can go really tunnel vision and focus on one or two things, then it's easy to celebrate all the achievements you've made because you have the time and the energy to invest to make real progress in something. Because if you really think about it, it's hard to feel like you're getting anywhere with something if you're not putting the time into it. So let's say starting a small business, if you're so busy that you only have a spare half an hour in your week to commit to it, 
there's no way you're going to make a million dollars in your first year of trading. Like that's just not possible because you're not putting in the time, you're not putting in the effort and the resources that are needed to run a multi-million dollar business. So having said all of that, if you can align your true life goals, it makes everything seem so much easier. So I guess let's do a little bit of an exercise. Pause the podcast if you need to, to think about this. But sit down and have a think about the amount of time you invest in the things that you're good at. Obviously, you're not going to become fluent in Spanish quickly if you're only spending 10 minutes on Duolingo a month. You need to be putting in the time if you want to see the results in any facet of life, whether that be your health, work, your relationships. If you're not investing time into the things you love or you want to see results in, you're going to feel unsatisfied with your life. So like I said, pause the podcast and think about the things that you're most successful in your life. You'll oftentimes realize once reflecting that the things that you are best at are the things you commit the most time to. So in saying that, if you want to become better at something, you need to put more time and effort into it because there's no point sitting down wishing you were better at math if you don't even do your homework every night. That's the truth of the matter. So Let's bring this all back to this idea we talked about before, which was opportunity cost. So I actually think that women or people who only work part-time jobs when they have kids are actually really smart because working less means that you have more time to spend with the people that you love doing the things that you love. And that's why I think women don't pursue these big careers all the time because they want to be able to have time to spend looking after their family and raising their kids and living a life that's not just overly consumed by work. And that's why I think a lot of the top CEOs in a lot of industries are males because these are people who, I don't know if it's a societal, I can't say it, I don't know if it's just society Um, structuring typical gender roles into our brains to make us think that women need to be housekeepers and men are the earners. But I genuinely think that has some form of contribution to the sheer fact that there's more men in high positions because they're willing to sacrifice more of their life to become more successful. And you'll oftentimes find that people who are super successful in one facet of their life will not be as successful in others. So for example, obviously, like we brought up before, Steve Jobs was amazing at what he did, but he was a horrible dad to his first daughter. And that's a really important point to remember is you're not going to be amazing at everything. That's why you need to prioritize what's important. So yeah, thinking back to myself in high school, I used to be someone who would gauge success by monetary value or even like I was the person who in high school used to brag to their friends about how little sleep I was getting because in my head, getting less sleep obviously meant I was working harder because I'd spent more time quote unquote studying as opposed to sleeping like a normal person. But I've now realized being in like my sixth year of uni that this idea of success is toxic like it's actually not healthy and it causes people a lot of grief and troubles in their lives when they realize too late that they've spent too much time on stuff that wasn't really important so I think with all of that said Let's remember what is most important to you and spend more time on the things that matter because overall it's going to leave you feeling, I guess, more satisfied with your life. You're going to be overall happier and people are going to start to notice how good you're feeling. And so when people are noticing how good you're feeling, they're going to want to copy what you're doing because they want a little piece of that success too. 
So yeah, I've been waffling on for a bit, but I guess the big point I'm trying to get across is prioritize what's important to you. Elaborating on that last point, I think it's also important to remove the pressure of having to be someone that you're not because society has convinced you that that's the standard. Remember, if it doesn't align with your core values, we don't want to be spending time on it. Um, I actually don't know what tip number we're up to now, but my next piece of advice is learn when to say no. I'm going to give everyone a great example right now of why I've had to learn to say no. If anyone knows what the Enneagram test is, I am a type two slash three, which basically means that I'm the achiever slash the giver. So a big part of the reason why I'm always overworking myself is because I have this weird innate feeling that if I can't deliver on my behalf of anything, whether it be like work or uni or hanging out with friends, if I don't show up or finish a project like I said I would, I'm going to inconvenience everyone. Like I have this really toxic mindset that if I can't deliver or serve what I said I would for other people, it's going to inconvenience them. It's going to ruin their day and they're not going to like me, which reality check, that is again a really toxic mentality to have. I need to remember this and you should remember this. You don't owe anyone anything ever. I'm getting a lot better at this, but you really need to learn to set boundaries with people and with work and with everything in your life. Once you learn to say no to things that no longer align with your core values and priorities, I feel like you become a lot more free, obviously with your time and how you're feeling. And in some sense, you don't have this overwhelming feeling of guilt and (laughs) resentment to yourself for not just doing it. So yeah, remember, learn to say no to things. Otherwise, you're going to exhaust yourself pleasing everyone else but yourself. Alrighty, so now we've got to my lucky last point, which is even when you can't do it all, give yourself some grace. I think just having the sheer understanding that you don't and you won't always have the time to do everything that you feel like you need to do, truly, like, if you just try to do too much, you'll only be able to achieve less, which seems counterintuitive, but it goes back to this point that I was saying before. If you are not investing enough time into the things that really matter or the things you want to make progress in, you're not gonna see results. So yeah, I think it's really important to be realistic with your goals and realize that starting a small business or having this internship is not a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm someone that truly believes that if you really want something and if it truly aligns with your core values, then you will never need to rush into anything. Like I truly believe what's meant to be will be. Like if you're meant to be in a relationship with someone, you shouldn't be scared to break up with them because if you're really meant to be together, they'll find their way back to you. So yeah, like in some senses, if something is really meant to be for you, then the opportunity will always come back around when you're ready for it. So yeah, I guess that's it for me today. If you like today's episode, share it with a friend, share it on your Instagrams or your socials or whatever. Um, follow my Instagram page at GiveMeAdvicePod. I definitely should be posting more stuff on it. I was actually thinking that I might turn my Instagram podcast page into a cool public Instagram page where I post actual nice photos, but we'll see. Um, anyway, thanks guys. I guess we'll talk again in my next episode. Bye.